What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of Press YYZ, the greatest Canadian podcast about video games you will ever listen to. Ever. Check us out on Twitter at PressYYZ and give us the most constructive feedback you can offer. It's okay. We can take it. This show is recorded live in front of a digital audience every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, that's Toronto time, at twitch.tv slash PressYYZ. This week, we're going to talk about New Paper Mario, more... Actually, no, we're not going to talk about Doom Eternal news unless Alex wants to. <laughs> Updates for the Tony Hawk remaster. Uh, and finally, we're going to wrap things up with a nice big roundtable discussion of some of our most hype video game moments, such as midnight launch events. That's what I'm bringing to the table. I'm your host today, AJ Fraser, joined by Mitch George. Get hype! Also joined by Alex Ballant. I can always talk about Doom if you want. We know. Then we've got... <laughs> Hell yeah. Immediately. Then we've all... Uh, of course. <laughs> then we've also got uh, Alexander Kozina. Hey, did you know that there are about three bags worth of blood inside your body? Three whole bags. Yep. That's from someone who has experience with that. Okay. I'm well. scared now. <laughs> and bring, bringing up the rear, we've got Nathan McInerney. Hey guys, I played something other than Animal Crossing this week. What? Don't get me wrong, I played Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. But something other than it too. The, that means you got to tell us what that is right now, actually. What'd oh, you play? Okay. So this week, don't get me wrong, my hour count in Animal Crossing is now over 400 hours. Jesus Christ. Um, but we won't talk about that this week. Um, this week, I got a review code for a VR title called Gorn, which has been on other VR platforms. Uh, it just came to PSVR on Tuesday, and boy, was it fun. This is probably my favorite PSVR game. Really? This year? Oh, this can, year. Okay. Can you? Yeah. I, ca I can't recall if I've seen some footage of this. Can you explain the premise? So you're essentially a gladiator that's thrown into an arena, and you have to destroy the other gladiators. Um, you get all sorts of weaponry, and it starts off with simple things like maces and hammers. Then you get air, like bow and arrow, two-handed weapons, um, and each hand operates independently, as you would expect. Um, but the locomotion is so interesting in it, because essentially, um, if you guys have played... Um, played uh, most PSVR games, the locomotion is always like a teleportation system where this felt more like cross-country skiing because you have to hold the move button and it grabs the air and you pull yourself through the air through the arena. So sort of like, uh, oh, what was that game that was like, uh, it was almost like a skiing locomotion game. Yeah. Uh, Sprint Vector. Sprint Vector, kind of like that. Yeah, but without all the motion sickness. Cause yeah, that, that game Vector messed and... with my equilibrium quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, and you have to sprint across the arena trying to get to these, uh, like, grunts as you try and destroy them. They have weapons, uh, you have weapons, and, like, when you get the axes or the swords, you can chop at people's limbs off. Um, I wasn't great with the arrows, um, but I really did enjoy using, like, the axes and the, like, the hard blades, uh, for just slicing the parts off these gladiators. I should mention, too, this is all very cartoony oversized like top bodies with very skinny legs um so while it's bloody and gory uh it's still fun and everything's up for grabs like you can grab if you chop a limb off somebody you can grab that limb and then start hitting 
the other guys with the limbs that you just cut off. So um, my favorite part, like I remember a battle scene, it was intense. I had three guys around me and I had dismembered one of the gladiators and I actually was able to pick his body up and use it as a shield, like his limbless body, as I was slashing it with my sword in the other hand, trying to fend these guys off. Now it's hard and there's a bit of a learning curve because it doesn't explain to you like how damage works. Because when you get hit, you kind of you start going red and your eyes start to close is kind of how it works. But there's no way to stop it unless you get a kill. So you immediately have to go in for a kill on somebody else. And then it's kind of like the second wind in Borderlands where it then revives you and you can continue to keep going. So it's bloodlust so, the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, a bloody good time. That's one way to put it. I, <laughs> That sounds like something that they probably put in the trailer but forgot to do so. Yes. Um, but no, it's I had a lot of fun with it. The even better part, it actually registered on my Fitbit as an aerobics workout. Nice. Ooh, that's good. Now, is this just on PSVR or is it on other VR platforms as well? No. So it, it's late coming to PSVR. Okay. It's been on the other vr platforms um so it was and it was received very well in the other ones um so now that it's on psvr i think it's probably one of the better psvr games still uh waiting for that iron man vr code sony come on we're so close um, <laughs> send it to us so so you say but yeah no oh, i was just oh, go, was, go ahead i was gonna ask uh so you said that like it's uh better motion sickness than uh that other game you mentioned sprint how factor. does it perform sprint factor how does it perform on playstation vr like is there any like how's the like how does it look like is it does it run well on the hardware i'm just generally curious yeah. because of how psvr is kind of underpowered compared to the other ones i wanted to that's know. putting in so nice using like, a pro yeah it's also m much more inexpensive but um i i'm playing on a, a ps4 pro and honestly i didn't notice any slowdowns or issues it's optimized really well it looks really good like, obviously, there's a little bit of screen door effect, and that's just from the screen of the PSVR. But really, I was super impressed with it. My biggest disadvantage, and it took me a little bit of getting used to, is to turn. You have to use, like, the the buttons on the move controller to oh, yeah. turn your body around. Right. And because of how frantic the action was, I was turning my body, like, the first day or two. Like, literally turning myself around. My wife's like, you're facing the window now. You're not facing the TV. And then I have to, like, recenter myself and figure out where I was. But honestly, this is probably one of the best PSVR games I've picked up this year, and um, it's really good. What's the price Everybody point? Everybody should play it. What's the price point? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, it, the price point was not live when my review went up. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, depending on, if, depending on if the price is right, this is something I might look into. That's okay. Uh, while, while you do yeah. that, talking about a bloody good time yeah. and some great combat... I dove headfirst into Final Fantasy VII hard mode over this past week. Hell yeah. Chasing that platinum. That, oh my, how's that so, treating you? I wish hard mode was available from the beginning. I'm I'm enjoying this playthrough of the game in terms of the way it feels in combat way more than my first playthrough. It's so much better on hard feel, mode. Do you think you could have felt the same if that was your first playthrough? Though. Yeah. Do you think? Could it have, yeah. Do you think that this comes from just the experience of knowing basically how that entire game functions? That you are now kind of like a master of it. That you're not like learning through the systems. May. Yeah. You know that's probably part of it. And the other part of it is that all of your materia from your first playthrough, when you go back, you can use it all. So having all of oh, your tools a, it's available from plus. the beginning. It, it's a it's new not, game plus. It's not quite new game plus. They don't call it that, but it's essentially new game plus you can go back with everything you already had at the levels you had it leveled up to it's That's a new game it's plus. such a good time it's basically new game plus yeah 
Yeah. They don't. Just, they just don't call it that because they're Square Enix. Hmm. Can I ask some questions? Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Um, How dare I, you? I started PSVR or PSVR. I started Final Fantasy VII Remake two nights ago. Woo. So I'm really early in. Um, I went into the normal mode because uh, I played the demo classic mode, and I used a ton of potions, and I found myself struggling to make it through and not die. It like is there something I'm missing or some tip of combat that you can give me to help get through? Uh, the combat or is there something that you wish you had known when you started playing the first time countering is very important so when you go into punisher mode with cloud and hold guard any physical attack towards you you will counter it which is super handy for for increasing pressure on enemies and eventually staggering them you do have to be careful if an enemy is going to start using magic attacks or anything like that to evade that but honestly punisher mode as much as you can counter everything you do later on in the game unlock a second counter skill, which is super, super OP, especially on the second playthrough on hard mode. So, yeah, I think understanding okay. what attacks are coming at you and being able to either counter that or get out of the way, super important. I didn't um, learn that until the very end of the game. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I want to say, you know, I was uh, motivated to jump right into hard mode right away when I beat the game. And I quickly was discouraged because I realized that I only had bought one revive materia oh, uh, no. on my previous playthrough. Now, here's the thing, though. I can theoretically just play through another chapter on normal mode, get, like, a revive material at some point during that, complete that chapter, and then jump into hard mode, right? Yes. So what I would actually recommend So, like, what I was going to ask is... Sorry, just just to quickly get to the end of my point. Yeah. Like, what chapter would you recommend that I uh, go into so that I can kind of quickly get my material and get out? I think there are two chapters you need to jump into, honestly. I would say before starting hard mode... You probably finish with your characters around like 37, 36 levels, like level 36, 37, something like that. I would honestly recommend grinding them to max level. You get a trophy for getting one character to level 50, but you might as well get them all to level 50. Uh, So I would go back and replay the chapter with the Colosseum to make sure that you can get Aerith uh, leveled up through the Colosseum challenges. And Mm. then I think it was chapter, one of the later, later chapters in the game. When you go back and play it on chapter select, you can get access to the VR simulator, like the combat simulator, not the VR missions for the mm. for the assists. And right. you can grind out cloud. Actually, I think I th- actually no forget what I said about the Coliseum. I think that later chapter you actually have access to all four characters, so you can grind them all through those challenges. And there are a few challenges you can do there that are linked to great materia unlocks as well as some trophies. So it's worth grinding mm-hmm. through those missions and getting to level 50 before you uh, before you restart on hard mode. Or at least that's what I did, just to try mm-hmm. to be as completionary as I could before getting to my hard mode playthrough. All right. Sounds and good. AJ, to answer your question, it's been yep. uh, a bit of a week. I think mm-hmm. I have two chapters left. Okay. I played a... a but it's funny, though, because my first playthrough was about 40 hours. Mm-hmm. This playthrough, I'm doing minimalist, so skipping all the side missions. And I think right now I've put about... 17 hours into it so those side missions do add a lot of time to your to your game clock but Mm. i'm i'm absolutely loving going back i cannot wait to finish this off get this platinum having never played a final fantasy game before this i still think this is one of my favorite games of all time it's so special it's it's sort of weird to me because like i i can't say that i've ever played a game where i've immediately 
had the desire to go back and play through the whole thing again on a different difficulty or whatnot. Right. Um, like, for example, let, let, let's say something like Halo or whatever, where, you know, I... For me personally, what I like to do, like everybody says, oh, you should start it on heroic difficulty. I started on normal because I, I want to enjoy my time playing the story and I want to have that hero fantasy. Sure. But then, um, you know, if I go back to the story at all, it'll be with friends um, and doing like a legendary playthrough that way, co-op or whatever. Um, otherwise, you know, something like that, I'd be going into multiplayer. But like back-to-back single-player pl- playthroughs of a of a game is just so foreign to me it's not something that i've really had that draw to do i've been tempted with things like the witcher but like that didn't last long i get part way through and then be like okay i think i've burnt out so i didn't go back right away there was a couple weeks there where i wasn't really playing much to be honest i wasn't sure what it was i was trying to find something to play next and eventually i just circled back to okay it's been like a week and a half and all i can think about is finishing final fantasy on hard mode so mm. it just, it, it got its hooks in me in a way most games don't, and I had to go back. Cozy, what have you been playing? Uh, the two big games I've been playing over the past week have been God of War 2018 and Apex Legends. Uh, in the case of the former, uh, people that know me will know that I am pretty big fan of God of War. The first God of War on the PlayStation 2 was one of the first games I ever played with the PlayStation 2 after I received one secondhand from one of my cousins. And, you know, while I can never claim that I absolutely love the character of Kratos, I can definitely say that I loved the God of War saga and, you know, thoroughly enjoyed playing through all of its various sequels across all the various devices that they were on. And in theory, God of War 2018 should have been a, like, instant play, instant like on my part. Uh, Yet when I played it for the first time, around i think it was like august or september of last year i couldn't really get into it and i think honestly this is going to sound super weird but i think that the biggest thing that turned me off from it was the ui i um the ui of the game in this weird kind of way reminded me of the ui in like a mid-tier ubisoft open world game Like, it reminded me of one of those sorts of, you know, climb to the top of the tower and scan the area around you and go and mine for resources and level up a little bit. That kind of a game. And it kind of discouraged me. I'm like, ah, it feels like this series sold out and became like a mid-tier open-world action game. Now that I've actually gotten back into it and I'm playing it more extensively, I really appreciate it uh, for what it actually is, which is a very superbly crafted uh, action game with a really, I'd say, intriguing story about a boy and a man. Um, I I still have mixed feelings about the UI. I wish that they had tried to emulate the look and feel of the UI from the older God of War games a little bit more, but that's obviously not going to stop me at this point. Yeah, the UI, for a game that is so incredibly polished and so well made, there are some really weird things like that like just some like really little things that i feel like don't detract from the overall experience but do stand out i think the fast travel is another one of those things that's just like it feels super convoluted of like uh and trying to have like the in-game explanation of why it's happening i just felt it was very unnecessary Uh and i think the ui also is in that it's like it's trying to feel more thematic to the rest of the game where i just felt like that's not necessary just give me clean ui that's one of the biggest things about this entire generation that i feel like has been a problem is just 
developers are getting so like they're getting so artsy with the ui that i just feel like it's what's the point like just give me something that's functional and not like just looking good if it if it if it detracts from the functionality oh cozy's gone um yeah we were talking about that in uh twitch as well apparently the twitch stream was still going and all of us were frozen for them but for us we couldn't see cozy worth a damn and this means nothing to our audio listeners and i don't know why i got into this so here's what you do for the audio podcast you cut this out and put it at the end but you seamlessly insert it in together when we get back on twitch i don't know if i should keep going or not see this is what happens when you let me host yeah everything catches fire everything no this is what happens when greg <laughs> miller gets what he wants mm-hmm. and the snyder cup becomes a thing i see i don't understand how do you make a movie more perfect yeah you make it four hours long wait justice league justice league was perfect yes you? justice league was like, i enjoyed a phenomenal film my time watching justice league for for like what it was that my the only criticism that i have of it the biggest not only the biggest criticism i have of it is they were just chasing the avengers and they shouldn't have done that yeah it just it felt so like tone deaf where it's like half of it felt like Zack snyder half of it felt like joss whedon and it just put in a blender and tasted or like it was just like horribly combined together like okay mm. but i don't blame either filmmaker for the way that that yeah, movie turned out not. this is on the wb executives wanting to get their bonuses by getting justice league out the goddamn yeah, door of course not and like those people should be ashamed give Zack snyder the time he needs it's going to be a 20 million dollar budget to fix this movie yeah. And it's hopefully going like, to be great, and hopefully we'll have a way to watch it legally like my, in Canada. My biggest, my biggest thing about it is just I'm glad that at least now, like, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League will all feel like a cohesive unit and not like there's this one sort of redheaded stepchild that's just, like, a problem. Strawberry Blonde, okay. thank you. Yeah, I was looking directly <laughs> at you when I was saying that, too. Cozy's in the, uh... <laughs> We've Cozy Cam in the Twitch chat here. Just in the cozy? Twitch stream. He he is I think he's trying to talk to us through Twitch. <laughs> Cuz he was he's talking uh, well actually no he's talking to the Twitch chat I guess. At this point talking I, I want to keep all of this in. Yeah, no, this has to be in there. All right. So yeah. uh previously if you recall just before everything shit the bed previously on. I was talking about how <laughs> yeah previously oh, on Press the swear words. The, the... Oh. i anyway. was talking about how you know i had attempted god of war 2018 previously in september of 2019 it hadn't really appealed to me too much at the time because i found the ui a little bit off-putting and a little bit me too-ish uh but once i reattempted it uh just last week uh and i've been playing it since i've really been enjoying it I'm glad to hear that, because that's one of my favorite games of this generation. Mm -hmm. And when you initially said you weren't super down on it, I was kind of disappointed. But I'm glad you're glad you're getting back to it. Yeah, I I know you, Alex Ballant, were saying something just before we got cut off uh, with regards to the UI. I don't know if you still have that thought in your head or if it's escaped you. I basically said it all. It was more is basically just that I for as a game as polished as God of War is, I feel like the UI is just a little, it's a little too like trying to be connected to all of the the lore of the game and like it's trying to be thematic with that. Where in a way it becomes over and cumbersome and makes it less less usable in my opinion. And I just kind of wish that more games would focus on functional UI over flashy. 
Do you have a, hmm. like, I know we talked a bit about Ghost of Tsushima this past week when we did our first live reacts on twitch.tv slash press YYZ, but do you mm-hmm. have any concerns that the the UI that they've designed in that game where it is, you know, just innate, it, it is an element of the game and not its own, you know, standalone UI elements. Do you feel like that's going to take a bit away from the experience for you, similarly to what you felt with God of War? See, that's the thing is I love what they're doing in Ghost of Tsushima. When I saw that, I'm like, that is awesome. But how is that different from Go- uh, God of War? It's Because no matter what, the like the ui still takes you out of it no matter what because you're pausing the game and it's bringing up menus and stuff where this is this is integrating it in the game in a more natural way where it's not just like a flashing icon on the screen i feel like if you're going to interrupt the game and have it be menu based anyway make it functional but if you are going to try something i don't know like I, th- I feel like I made like I feel like what I said makes sense of just like there's there's a very fine line that I think Ghost of Tsushima is walking. It's gonna depend on what they do with their menu system. I think will kind of be the kind of the tipping point of whether or not I like it. But I love the way that they're doing the markers and the way that they're doing all of the world stuff because it is supernatural. I do also want to add that the way that the UI looks in Ghost of Tsushima is very reminiscent of the way that the UI looked in Sucker Punch's previous titles, like Infamous. So it is kind of like, well, you already kind of know what you're in for. Whereas with God of War, it was an aberration from what I previously knew <laughs> of Santa Monica's games. Yeah, so. that's that's understandable. I know we're deviating a bit, but the because I didn't get a chance, I mean... Talk about technical issues. I had some crazy technical issues trying to get onto our Ghost of Tsushima stream uh, and didn't really get to share my thoughts on that. But it did feel a bit like, as someone who went back to the remaster of Shadow of the Colossus earlier this year, I got a lot of Shadow of the Colossus vibes from that game in terms of the wayfinding and things like that. It just seems so, into, like, and it seems better integrated into Ghost of Tsushima than it does into... Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, so I'm very much looking forward to picking up that game. What else yeah, you been playing? Definitely. What else you been playing, Cozy? Uh oh yeah, that's right. Previously I said that I was playing God of War 2018 and Apex Legends Ooh. season five more specifically. Ooh. Uh recently, as you all know, they updated to season five, and that means a return to King's Canyon, which was the map back when Apex Legends first launched last year, uh, albeit now transformed and ravaged by some mysterious events. Uh, and the introduction of a bunch of new little features and modes, and a new legend, Loba, who I have fallen in love with in more ways than one. Um, Previously, my main in Apex Legends used to be Octane, which was the legend that had the ability to run very fast and put down jump pads at a moment's notice. Uh, Loba has the abilities to basically teleport by tossing a ring in front of her, and uh, basically bring up a shop called the Black Market, Uh, that allows her to access any area, any weapon or item that is sort of within a certain radius of where the shop is put down. So like instead of needing to travel into a potentially dangerous, uh, you know, dungeon or tower or whatnot, you can just sort of hide away. You can put down the black market and kind of pick uh, whatever you choose. Mind you, you're limited to just two items slash weapons, but still very handy. I am looking forward to many more matches with her. I really so. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, uh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, the, the lore behind this legend, I really like it because there were a lot of rumors and speculations when the trailer for the last legend came out. Remind me of the name, Cozy, because I don't remember any of this. 
Revenant. Revenant. When that dropped and the, the whole backstory was he killed this family and, and like the daughter had survived. The rumor was the daughter was going to end up as a legend. And this new legend is that character, which is very cool in terms of the way they're building the lore into this world. I really like everything that Respawn is doing from a storytelling perspective. Hmm. Yeah, I, I will say, though, uh, it's funny you bring up story. Uh, one of the updates that was brought along with Season 5 was a mode in the game called Quest Mode. I, I don't know if it's exactly called that, but it is under a subheading called Quest in the main menu. And basically, it is a kind of light little story mode in which the Apex Legends all team up to solve a mystery within King's Canyon. And hmm. the first leg of this story mode is basically told via dialogue amongst all of the Legends. And it's pretty weak in terms of production values literally it's just a bunch of lines of dialogue next to like pictures of each of the legends heads there's no like background art there's very little in the way of sound effects i playing through it i was sort of reminded of the persona 4 arena games and how those games sort of go a long way with a little bit of voice acting and a little bit of animated graphics and, you know, I'm hoping that the new studio that they recently opened up to work on Apex Legends content in Vancouver will result in much more high fidelity story content in the future. So you said that this is the Legends trying to solve a mystery. Do you think that they do a better or worse job of presenting stories around mysteries in this compared to the new Scooby-Doo movie that just released on demand that is getting panned by <laughs> critics across the board? I, I thought you were going to segue into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not in the like, slightest. Scooby-Doo or Ryder about solving mysteries or something like that. Uh, and also, I have not watched the Scooby-Doo movie, and I don't think I have any intention to do so. Those damn kids. I would have gotten away with it. Uh, by the way, just before we continue on to the next topic of discussion, uh, I'm on the status.discord.com website, and apparently all systems are operational. Of course do we want to switch back? Or do we want to stay as we are? It's up to uh, you. On it. You know, I may be hosting the show, but uh, you're the one pressing the ones and twos. Whatever makes sense for you, whatever you would prefer. Alex, more edits. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion. We're, we're already derailed. Whatever you guys want to do. Uh, I mean... Personally, I would actually prefer it if we were to go back to Discord. Let's go back to Discord. Everyone, everyone be It'll quiet be during the transition. Alex looks so happy right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm great. I've already, I've got like three. I'm now actually taking timestamps. <gasps> uh, so we're maybe an I hour into the show and we haven't gotten out of what we're doing. When oh, we edit man. it down, it'll be like 12 minutes. This podcast <laughs> is going down faster than my will to live. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast. Hey, you got a new chair. You're happy. Yeah, it's nice. Yo, okay. I didn't mention this. Uh, I'm going to just do it now because literally what else are we to talk about? Nothing. It's got, a second, it's got a second pillow that has a USB cord in it that actually vibrates. It's so weird. A vibrating USB cord? Like, like it's got a... He has a vibrating uh, pillow uh, in his chair. Oh, yeah, but, okay. But, like, it, it's connected via USB. I explained that weird. But either way, yeah. it's over you, there. You were saying, it's over there because you sit on you the chair backwards. You were saying, it like, oh, it's got a USB cord where I can charge my phone. But, no, it's a USB port cord so I can get myself off while I'm sitting in my chair. I mean, you know, whatever. You wrap the cord around yourself and it vibrates and just feels good. 
Your chair uh, came I with a vibrator. Because it feels, it's over there because I hate it. It feels I, so weird. I think that after messing with my camera first in OBS, then in Google Hangouts, and now here, I think it's just permanently fucked. We broke so all the camera. You guys can continue the episode and. I'll figure out how to <laughs> fix it. That's okay. okay. We'll uh, we'll struggle through this one together. Yeah. Okay. What I've been playing. Yeah. Go is on. More Halo, is more Halo Two. I've basically been only playing Halo Two. Um, I love it. Uh, even Halo Two Anniversary, which is not that great because it's just a modified Halo Four. Um, but how do you yeah. Uh, it's it's the Halo Four engine with the same with the, the art style of Halo Four, but the, just kind of modified. The gra- yeah, the graphical engine. It, it's it's made more modern in that regard. It, but it's I, literally the Halo Two engine, just or not the Halo Two, the Halo Four engine modified to f- try to feel like Halo uh, Two, but it's not quite it, there. It's close, but it's still like there's some really weird. I th- there's some weird stuff with the, it. So having played it in the Master Chief Collection, like the map layout for all the levels and everything is the exact same. And there's one that's there's one that's different. It's which um, one? It's the one with the the. It's a forerunner one where it's got the big circle in the middle and like it's got the banshee on. I can't. I don't remember what it's called, uh, in either version. But mm-hmm. it's like it's got like the triangle in the center that's like a big circle. Um, it's reversed, like it's mirrored. It's okay. really weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, it's also ah. just weird having an assault rifle in Halo Two. Yeah, it's just okay. it's just weird. There's mongoose in Halo I, Two, but they that... have weapons on them as well. Mm-hmm. See, when I first played Master Chief Collection, that is something I really appreciated, was when they brought brought it over to uh, Halo 2 Anniversary, like, especially in the multiplayer, you got all these new weapons. You're playing basically Halo 2, but with new weapons, and that's, that's something does... I really appreciated. So, like, my, my biggest problem with it, besides, like, I don't particularly like the art style in a lot of it. I think it looks kind of ugly um the maps that get it right like zanzibar looks flawless looks yeah phenomenal zanzibar looks great but most of the most of the the maps look ugly and i just like i feel like if they if they do what they did with zanzibar for for halo infinite and just update the halo um style like that i that'd be perfect for infinite but uh, but the thing, the part of Halo 2 Anniversary that they didn't compromise on is the, uh, the campaign. It looks incredible. This is my first time really seeing Halo 2 Anniversary because I know it's been out since 2014, but mm-hmm. I'd never had an Xbox One, so I never got to play it. Yeah. It looks so good. It looks like everything that Bungie wanted to do with Halo 2, but just like completely, like it's the complete vision. And mm-hmm. the blur cutscenes are just oh, yeah. immaculate they're so beautiful they're so good Gravemine is terrifying mm-hmm. i love it i just everything about halo 2 campaign is is awesome even the updated music which i still like the original more but i think the updated music is still pretty cool and just the switching back and forth and like having like the original sound effects and the original music and then switching to the updated it's all super cool I just wish the game was not broken on PC. There's a lot of bugs in it that are going to get hot fixes, I hope, soon. But oh dear. this is now three for three on the Halo games kind of be- being a little broken at launch on PC. So mm-hmm. they're basically just kind of... They're doing a not-as-bad version of the Xbox One <laughs> of the Halo games, but on PC. Like, yeah. it's not it's not completely broken. Like, I can play it. I've put, like, I've put like 15 hours into <clears throat> Halo 2 Anniversary so far. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just... I wish 
just release them when they're ready. Is what there, I would do say you, do you see this as a, do you see this as a troubling trend when it comes to Microsoft games being released on PC and Xbox? Because we saw the same thing with uh, Gears Tactics, where it released on PC with a ton of weird, wonky bugs and issues, and it seems like they're holding on to the console release until they can fix a bunch of that stuff. So. I, I don't know if it's I, I don't know because in this instance this is a small team at 343 just doing the PC versions but it's weird because when they're bringing the PC stuff over they're breaking the console versions of MCC so I don't know what the fuck is happening like yeah. Halo Halo is all of the Halo games or at least all of the Bungie Halo games are held together by duct tape and <clears throat> dreams and they're starting to fall apart a little bit but I'm not complaining because I at least get to play the game. We've talked a lot about Halo the last couple of weeks. You know what we haven't talked about? Patriot what Act on that? Netflix. It's back. What it's is, as what good is that? as a, Do you guys not know what Patriot <laughs> oh, Act yeah. is? Yeah. It's, I've heard I no the, idea. I don't what's know what his it is. Oh, man. You're in I for a treat. Yeah. Uh, so oh, this, yeah, from the, this, this, this is from former Daily Show correspondent Hassan Minhaj. Yes. He basically hosts a talk show where topical they have their their thing they talk about every week think of it like john oliver's show but with video screens and really dope transitions and animations it's okay. phenomenal i would highly recommend going back i think it was season four ish they did a he did a really good episode on video game crunch everyone should go okay. check out the episode of patriot act where they discuss a video game crunch and crunch culture but they came back still having to be in quarantine so it's just him on a green screen but the production value still there it's a phenomenal show everyone should give it a watch it's on netflix everyone has netflix just go watch this goddamn show it's so good uh this week's that episode was cool. about how people are going to pay their rent while getting through the coronavirus pandemic so it's mm -hmm. super topical and it's a it's a great watch tons of really good statistics uh everyone go check out patriot act where did he film the episode from his apartment in new york city okay uh, I, I don't it, know if he did something like, hey, I went and I went to a green screen studio and it's just myself filming it or whatever. Uh, the other thing, too, which is interesting, is his other. Ex so he executive produces the show. His other executive producers had to actually quarantine with Hassan and his family because he's helping to get the show done. So he's having to isolate himself with Hassan Minhaj to be able to get the show produced. I will be right back. My fiance is in the chat and saying to open the apartment door. Oh, good. Have fun with that. Um, real quick before we move on to our um, news dump, um, I kind of fell back into a, a, a fairly old game myself called Daisy. It's Ooh. a yeah, it's um, it's an it stems from like an old Arma two like or Arma two or Arma three mod Arma where two. yeah yeah Arma, Arma, Arma two Operation Arrowhead yeah just an old Arma mod. Um, yeah. Anyway, it came to Game Pass recently. Now I had played like. It's a weird guilty pleasure for me because I had played it on, uh, I, I've got it on PC and I do somewhat enjoy it um, there um, on, on PC, but um, my laptop can't exactly run it very well these days. Um, but it runs. How just, does it run? Yeah, how does it run on the Xbox? It runs just fine on the Xbox, which is really weird. the the most The hardest thing to get used to is the controller aspect of it. But um, by the s sounds of it, um, you can plug a mouse and keyboard into it. So I've got I've got um, a Logitech mouse and Logitech keyboard with uh, their wireless. Uh, so it, all it takes is that tiny little dongle, and that'll plug right into. Um, 
uh, right into anything, and it'll connect both uh, both the keyboard and the mouse. So I'm probably gonna take a look at that and see see what I can do with that. But um, yeah, no, it's it it works surprisingly well, and it's it's such a weird guilty pleasure for me because it was the thing before something like a battle royale like the thing that inspired the battle royale genre which was to yeah. take daisy or or even uh what was that uh there, there was that really popular one h1z1 um, h1z1 um which was very sim- similar it took they they took that concept and kind of condensed it all into like a 30 to 45 minute match yeah let's keep right? just the pvp Let, yeah let's just keep that right um but yeah i've got like, like i said i've got this weird guilty pleasure for for that sort of survival game like like also also like rust ga- games oh, like yeah. rust um like i i don't know what it is but i always find myself gravitating towards that eventually like uh, I'll, I'll 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 fall out of it and then i'll fall back into it but uh yeah that's really all I've been doing the past week uh, since it came to Game Pass, um, and it works surprisingly well. It, it's it's on Xbox One. It's really good, and I've got to launch Xbox One. So oh wow, okay, so that's really telling. Yeah, mm. it it works really well. Last thing I'll say is um, when he brought that game up, I initially thought you were playing it on PC because it took that game an incredible amount of time to arrive on consoles. Mm-hmm. And I think it was it, it's a little unfortunate that it took that amount of time because in the amount of time it took to come on consoles, Fortnite and the whole Battle Royale craze completely took off. And I'm, I'd be curious to see what Earth 2 looks like where... Uh, this game came to console sooner and if it had been able to make more of a dent as a consequence of not having to compete with all these bigger better iterations of its formula yeah yeah absolutely um like uh the the pc that i had built years ago and then later fried that's what i used to play it on and it you know ran beautifully on that thing but um uh, yeah like i mean the yeah the the controller is cumbersome and it's not properly optimized it it's an arma game like so if you envision it this way you have call take it take call of duty as like the most easy approachable military shooter out there right you take a step back from that and let's let's add some some little more realistic design to it and, and you'll get battlefield and then if you extract from that and try and make it as quote unquote realistic as possible in terms of the actions you have to take to to do things um then you get to something like arma which is what spawned off onto this and translating that to a controller is kind of cumbersome when you have to be so actively paying attention to the world around you so that that's that's just uh kind of what i've been up to uh this week um so if uh, everybody else uh, is done talking. Mitch, you're done. Cozy, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, man. How about we get into the news? Finally, the news. Um, so once again, uh, our our connoisseur of news, uh, Mr. Mitch George, uh, put together this list for us with the help 
of Monarchy in the chat. Of Thank course. you very much. Shout out to Monarchy. Always. I, I did. I will not forget you, Monarchy. You are fantastic. Um, why don't Why don't you go ahead and take the lead on this? You um, got it. And yeah, let's let's see how quickly we can get through it. It's going to be a quick one. This is this, this is rapid fire news, baby. Ready, set, go. So first off, we've got Hell Paper yeah. Mario and the Origami King arriving on Nintendo Switch July 17th, 2020. This being pulled from IGN's Bata Anim I can't talk. IGN's Adam Bankhurst. Uh, and yeah, we got a shadow drop of a new Paper Mario announcement on Twitter this past week. Mm -hmm. What do we think? It looks it looks good. I, I think it looks super good. I like Creepy Peach. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, this is not a new opinion, but I'm very cautiously optimistic. The previous two Paper Mario games were not so great, and while the battle system is confirmed to not be the way it was in the first three Paper Mario games, that isn't. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be entertaining and or deep in its own right. And so I'm hoping that it turns out to be that. Yeah, for me, it's going to be difficult because it launches the same day as Ghost of Tsushima, so I may skip it for that mm -hmm. reason alone. Uh, it's going to really fair. have to wow me when it comes to reviews uh, to get me to pick it up, at least at launch. I'm sure it's something I will get to eventually, but at launch, if it's not Ghost of Tsushima quality, then it's probably a pass. I want to see more from, me at least. I want to see more from the battle system. Um, I actually was a fan of Super Paper Mario, um, and I wouldn't mind seeing them going that route, but I did enjoy the Thousand Year Door. But I really just want more, either more Super Paper Mario, more turn-based. And from what I saw, I wasn't super impressed by it but they did hardly showed anything so i need to see more yeah by the way just a heads up you are slowly transforming into a cyborg as you, we speak you, you went you went full like dial up i was gonna say you went full sound wave on that last uh that last little bit oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh He's what i was a little bit sound wave but it's not too bad what i will say is that this was actually rumored earlier this year or late last year that a new traditional paper mario game was coming and that rumor came alongside of a another rumor which is a 2d metroid game coming to the switch this year do you think that's something that we may see does this does this being announced add more credence to that rumor you know i i, I just i know some people disagree with me on this but i'm actually kind of hoping that the new metroid game that we get is an actual new metroid game and not a remake of a previous game I feel like at some point you just kind of you got to push forward and stop looking back. Just give me a sequel to Metroid Fusion and I'll be a happy camper. Speaking oh, of Metroid which, was great. speaking of Nintendo games coming at some point this year, Nintendo warns of potential software delays due to remote working. Uh, this coming from GameIndustry.biz from Matthew Handrahan, and Nintendo is cautiously warning its investors that games may be delayed due to a transition from office work to remote working. This is something that is culturally significant in Japan because traditionally working from home is not the norm. It is not widely, it is it's not really a cultural thing. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. They are very much about face-to-face -face meetings and all of that. So they have a very, very different work culture over there. Yes. Uh, a very, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and call it, toxic work environment Agreed. culture there where they overwork a lot of their employees this isn't like a, a gross generalization this is you know widely known it's it's there 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 are some cultural issues not that i can necessarily speak to another culture but having been there and witnessed some of it myself it's definitely something that i can i can see 
them having a, a an issue uh, uh, wrapping their heads around and like it, it's something new for them for sure. Yeah, and I I feel like. I feel like, sorry, I was just handed a package of strawberries to open on stream. I don't know why, but I was I concerned that things were going to go to hell again. <laughs> um, it, it, it does seem like the way that Nintendo is approaching their announcements for 2020, that knowing that a lot of their planned releases may end up getting delayed due to the shift in work culture. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, something else that we're going to yeah. miss from Nintendo this year is Smash Ultimate at Evo. It's been cut from their online pro uh, program schedule, likely due to online performance issues. This being written up by IGN's Jordan, Jordan Ullman. Nintendo doesn't know how to do online, so it makes sense. We, we yeah, haven't talked but... about Nintendo having bad online before, have we? It's not something that's ever come up. It's definitely a bad online. What was that? <laughs> it definitely... It... For the audio listeners, his Discord mic just sounded like a robot. Uh, it definitely came up mm. as we discussed having the kind of funny social distant, kind of funny socially distant Smash Brothers tournament. I don't think I got that right, but it's fine uh, because it was a, it was an absolute crapshoot of getting those matches put together with like thirty to forty people. I can't even imagine trying to organize an event like Evo and getting people in the right lobby at the right time to get matches done. It would just it would have been a nightmare from a planning perspective and from hoping that Nintendo's infrastructure actually holds up. Does yeah, and there's no there's a lot of like who how can you tell that somebody is clearly better than someone else when the latency will probably be a big issue and that it just doesn't seem like it would make sense in this retrospect especially with something like evo that is supposed to be about finding the best player does nintendo Anecdotally, learn anything from this no no not probably not because they make all the money Pro so they don't need to change prove me wrong nintendo you've learned nothing Anecdo prove me wrong anecdotally i can't remember where i saw it but there was some sort of like there was some sort of controversy on twitter of a smash brothers competitor getting banned from a bunch of competition from a competition because they were trying to contest that they actually won the match and then they they asked for proof and like the organizers asked for proof of this winner and they sent a screenshot saying they finished in first and the other person finished in second the problem was the screenshot had a CPU player playing the second player. So they literally just played a match locally and uploaded that screenshot and instantly got banned from all future nice. tournaments. Wow. <laughs> How could you think that that would work? It, it didn't. And thank God it didn't. And yeah. speaking of not working, I'm going to totally segue into something that is going to work. And that's Ooh. Tony Hawk. Nathan, this is our Tony Ooh. Hawk rundown. So Tony Hawk. Uh, the full yeah, soundtrack has been announced for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster. It looks like we're going to get every song from the original title minus a f there's uh, one, two, three, four, five songs from the original two games that are going to be missing. Every other song they were are able those, to relicense. Are those five songs integral to the identity of Tony Hawk? Or is it just like, oh, those are, it's like, it'll suck that they're gone, but it's not that big a deal. Like, what are the importance of these songs? So the five songs are Psycho Vision by Suicidal Tendencies, Committed by Unsane, Bring the Noise by Anthrax and Chuck D. B-Boy Document 99 by The High and Mighty featuring Yasin Bay and Mad Skills. And Out with the Old by Ali Life featuring Black Planet. I know none of these I, songs. I think okay. I, would I would have to hear like the first 10 seconds of each of those to know if it was like integral. Because you know, in the, like yeah. especially in a Tony Hawk game, in the first 10 seconds of a song, if that's going to be a song uh, that sticks around. Yeah, sure. I, I'm sure there are people that are going to have some, you know some fond memory of some of these titles or some of these songs but ultimately for me like my defining tony hawk experiences were a little later 
like I played one, two, three, and four, but for me, it was really like the underground games that I got real into. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, it, it wasn't as much about the soundtrack, but I know there were a lot of fans of the originals that are going to be missing these songs. It's the best they can for do sure. in these situations. So it is what it is. Missing Bryn the Noise, like that's the only one. <laughs> Have I broken yeah. AJ? Your audio has. Uh, what a day. We're just day. rolling along here. So to get into our next story regarding Tony Hawk, uh, Vicarious Visions has said that the remaster won't have microtransactions at launch. Again, being written up by IGN's Jordan Alleman. Uh, and Vicarious Visions has spoken out saying everything you see at launch is going to be unlocked with gameplay. They will not have any monetization at launch. That doesn't necessarily mean there won't be, because we have seen instances of Vicarious Visions adding monetiz- or Activision adding monetization to these remasters after they've come out. Hopefully that's not the case, but we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, It's so, going to be a full CTR situation. Yeah, I, I really gonna hope say, not. I was going to say, somebody, one of you guys brought up Crash Team Racing and that whole fiasco. Um, I can absolutely... I, I have zero faith in Activision to I have a theory. not do that. Shoot, what if it. this is a Tony Hawk 3 expansion? See, a that to- would be cool. I would like that. If they add like actual meaningful content and it's not just micro microtransactions for the sake of microtransactions, then like that would yeah, be Yeah, like here's the levels from Tony Hawk yeah, 3 but for like more than likely. 20 bucks or something. That would be that'd yeah. be fine. But if it's like new more than av- likely it probably won't be. New yeah. avatars, new decks, like things like that. If you're going to charge me like a buck 99 or 50 hours of in-game gameplay to unlock some premium currency, just spider fuck off. Speaking of fucking off, uh, Anthem is being worked on by a 30-person incubation team. Bioware says a small team gives us the agility a larger team cannot afford. My question for y'all is, does this game come back in any meaningful way? In, like, four years when no one gives a shit. It'll be Anthem Reloaded. Yeah, like, maybe it'll get a relaunch, but by the time that they actually get it finished by with this small a team that it's, it's, it's no one's going to give a shit yeah i mean yeah. more that or less than they already did about me yeah i was gonna say i give like negative shits about this at this point so I, yeah I, I mean i wouldn't i'm not incredibly interested in anthem either but when the game comes back i've decided that i'm probably going to give it a shot and see how it looks i um Weirdly, over the past 12 months, I've dipped my toe into all of the major games-as-a-service experiences. I played Rainbow Six Siege, I played a bit of Destiny, I played The Division, and so I feel like I kind of need to play Anthem just so I can say, hey, I checked that one off the box as well. You don't need to do anything you don't want to do, and I don't need to talk about the news anymore. So with that, I think... I mean, at the very least... (laughs) I do want to say I can probably get a very cheap copy of Anthem right now and presumably I'll be able to play the new like revised version of the game at no extra cost so yeah that's fair I mean you could totally have the experience that I had with Mass Effect 3 which was like completely divorced from any of the controversy controversy when should that game get a successful quote unquote successful relaunch you know that could happen who knows who knows indeed and with that i think we can wrap up what i will say is the fastest news segment we've ever done on this show i'm in i'm into it i like it i like it (laughs) i like these news quickies who doesn't enjoy nice quickies like my news quickies i i love i love mitch's quickies 
Everyone um, loves my quickies. New new segment ne- starting next week, Mitch's Quickies. God, no. Um, We're not calling anything <laughs> that ever. Oh, just you wait. It's, it's going to happen. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we don't appear to have any new deals this week, unless anybody can think of anything. Um, I brought up earlier, uh, DayZ is on Game Pass. Um, Anyone listening live, go get GTA 5 for free on the Epic Game Store. If you're listening after the fact, yes. I'm sorry, but a new game is free on the do Epic that. Game Store. Cool. Go get that. Yeah. yeah. Check it every week. Question? It's free. Just do it. Who, shut up. Just do it. GTA 5 broke the a, internet. I haven't put a single dollar into Epic, and I have like 30 games on it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Should but, I get yeah, WWE 2K20 for um, $23 on the PSN? The deluxe $120 version. How many... How many dollars, Mr. Robot? Twenty-three dollars. That's That's $20, $22 like more than you should have paid. I stand by what I said. That game is a broken trash fire, and I don't know why Maybe you would like give it money. Twenty dollars. No more than you probably should have paid. No. But you get at least all the DLC. It's like let's let's give it a DLC little bit in a broken credit. game is still a broken game. Yeah, I know, but like you know, it's still okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna. There's no point arguing this. And with that. I believe it's time for us to start our topic Yay. of the show. Woo! Tonight, we are going to do a bit of a round table on what I originally pitched as midnight launches and our experience with those. But we wanted to kind of broaden the, the perspective on this. And, you know, if you're watching live in, at uh, twitch.tv slash pressyyz, by all means jump in the chat with your your own uh midnight launch moments but also br- please bring to the table the moments where you got the most hype the most sight for like, like for la- a game launch hype ever. moments yeah like launch yeah. hype specifically um and 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 sort of to start things off just to kind of like set the tone set the pace um last week i briefly mentioned um my my ex- that that I participated in some midnight launch events, um, regarding the Halo series. Um, I, I I went to a couple other launches, but uh, the the Halo ones uh really stand out for me. Not that they were anything special, because literally, like I literally just went to my local EB Games and picked up the game at midnight. But there was. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to quantify. Like I, I was so uniquely hyped for this game that when I heard that they were gonna open up right at midnight. Now keep in mind this is this is before you could get any of these games digitally. Halo Two was an uh, original Xbox game, right? Right. Um, you you would ha- you ha- you had no choice but to get it physically. I I went at. 14 years of age to the midnight launch of launch event my mother was kind enough to take me because they would not sell me the game because i was under 17 um to to this the in this in this small town in canada that i live in um they there there aren't too many people but there was enough for maybe a hundred people in line at this local EB Games, um, and that could have been people from out of town too who couldn't get a, a, a their their own pre-order or whatnot. But um, yeah, like I, I remember specifically, you, I, I got there early. I was like third in line. I I, I 
waited for like an hour. I only had to wait for an hour because people weren't being too too crazy. Um, but what we would do, uh, what we what we ended up doing is we uh, one by one we would go in and uh, they had copies of the game set up on on the kiosks that so that we could um, you know give it a test if we wanted. Um, they give us a game and then we go home and I personally stayed up until about three in the morning uh, getting to the scarab level the that first scarab portion of uh, Halo 2 when that happened uh, Alex you probably remember that more recently the first scarab in Halo 2 yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah uh, like I, rem I recall that being like the first time uh, that I had ever sort of done that sort of Thing where, where I'd gone out of my way to to do something about a video game because I was just so super hyped for it. Um, the next one that I went to was Halo 3, which was three years later, 2007. I was 17 at the time, and I could buy it myself, Mom. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, <laughs> this one I specifically remember mostly because... It was probably the same group of people, the same like hundred or so people lining up, but like a cop drove through the parking lot and rolled down his window. What's everybody doing here? And you know, you just hear one guy from like the other end of the line, Halo 3, right? And everybody started cheering and clapping and getting all hyped and excited and we were all pumped to, to play some Halo. Um, but yeah, I, I also participated in like, uh, I think it was like Gears 3, uh, Gears of War three. Uh, that was a t that that one was raining, if I remember correctly. So that one wasn't as fun. Um, I all actually, I also went to the. Um, While well, I'm thinking of it, I know this is kind of long winded here. <laughs> I also went to the uh, Xbox three sixty midnight launch that they did, and I specifically remember getting home with that. Like I, I went. From EB Games, went home. So this would have been 2005. Uh, sorry, not home. Went, picked up my friend. Um, my friend came over to my place, helped me open the box. I went and put like gloves on to take my my uh, Xbox 360. Was it Pro? No. Whichever one had the hard drive. What the one with the hard drive and the silver disc tray? Yeah, because that matters. Yeah, it absolutely, Matt. Dude, changeable faceplates. Get with the program. As someone Those who, were amazing. As someone who didn't buy a 360 until like 2012, 2013, it you really didn't matter out. to me. I didn't. You I didn't out. though. You... I, okay, I actually have a really think about the wood grain. Okay, the I have wood a, grain faceplate. I have a really interesting story to tell around this actually, and it does lead into a a a launch hype moment for me at least. So yeah, I'm done talking for right now. Okay, so the year that the 360 released, I was, I, I really wanted the next great thing, which since the Xbox was coming out first, it was the Xbox. And then a revolution happened. That revolution was the Nintendo uh, Wii. Mm. I, see I got you had a Wii at launch. So I got so hype around the news cycle, around the launch of the Nintendo Wii. I told my parents I didn't want the Xbox anymore. My dad, without me knowing, had already gone to a Toys R Us and purchased a launch oh. Xbox 360 
which he then returned so that we could go out on November 19th. I think it was November 19th. I could be I could be mistaken. To wait in line outside of our local Best Buy at like 5.30 in the morning. They didn't do a midnight thing, so it was like 5.30 a.m. We get to Best Buy. We're like 66th in line. Figure, all right, we're good. We're good. 60 consoles. Ooh. Yeah. That was that's Nintendo's uh, limited stock for you. Yeah. Um, See, I'm a I'm a huge apologist when it comes to the Wii, but I feel like that that whole situation was very awkward and unfortunate. This story does have a happy ending. Ooh. Oh. Oh. My mother, who knew how excited I was for the Wii, woke up around eight on the same day because she's not a crazy person like I am, and went to our local <laughs> Zellers. For those who don't oh, know, Zellers piece. is a it's defunct a Canadian brand in. that was overtaken by Target mm. when they came into Canada and is now mostly either vacant storefronts, Lowe's, or Walmart, I think. I think I saw somewhere that there Ottawa was like one Zellers left somewhere. Yeah, I, I think there's yeah. a Zellers distribution center left somewhere, but it doesn't matter. I miss Zellers. I miss the restaurant, even though it was terrible. I miss everything about the Zellers shopping experience. I digress. My mom gets there. She's 11th in line. Sounds great, right? 10 consoles. You said this was a happy ending. The guy, she she talked to everybody in line in front of her, just hoping someone would swap, swap with her because maybe they were buying two or something along those lines. The guy ahead of her was buying two just because he wanted to be able to resell one because the Wii was so limited in stock when it first launched. When she told this sob story about her kid that wanted the Wii at launch to play Zelda, he must have felt sorry for her or something and gave her his spot in line. So my mom comes home with a copy of Zelda Twilight Princess, a nunchuck to go with that sweet, sweet Wiimote, and that beautiful white porcelain even though it's not porcelain, it's really cheaply made plastic. Beautiful box that I enjoyed the crap out of and put probably 15 or 16 hours into Zelda that same day. Did the guy who gave up his spot in line know that this was for a, what, what would I have been, like 14-year-old, 15-year-old at the time? No. (laughs) Did he think it was probably for someone that was like 8 or 9 because it's a Nintendo thing? Yeah. Did I care? Not in the slightest. I had that Wii Day 1, and I was hype. Well, he oh, was going to wow. scalp it. And like what Monarchy says in the chat, fuck scalpers. So he deserved yeah. oh, it. Well, he didn't deserve say, it. Like, that, was, that was the nicest experience I've ever had with a scalper. Thank you, anonymous person at Zeller's, at Shopper's World, who gave up his spot to my mother to get me that Wii. I will never forget that day. You are a good person, regardless of whether or not you scalp or not. Every other scalper can go die in a fire. Scalpers should be taken by firing squad. Sob story or not like that is the right thing to do in that situation agreed Uh, also i want to mention uh after zellers went under as a chain in 2013 uh the hudson's bay company operated some zellers branded locations as liquidations outfits uh for the bay but apparently the last of these stores closed in january of 2020 so rest in peace someone someone has created a parody zellers twitter account and it's a lovely follow they followed me back and that made my day that happened uh so everyone should go check out zellers on twitter so zellers died the same year that we got coronavirus coincidence i think not greg miller got what he wanted in the snyder cut of justice league and everyone else has paid the price for it this feels like the right follow the money i don't actually i don't have a midnight launch story just because i uh 
for a long while was barely even sentient to be able to go to a midnight launch for I'm, any game that I cared about before <laughs> Digital Revolution. You are I'm gonna, too young. I'm going to interrupt you right there because I remember you did a stream on this very channel waiting for a certain game to release. I did. I did the Doom Eternal stream. Yeah. But that's like, that doesn't, that's so that like kind of, that's lame to wait up for your timer to just like activate. And also, but that's the new norm, the right? Like that is yeah, our new midnight launch, right? It is unfortunate that like just, it's such a, it's such a visceral experience. The only time I've had something even remotely close to it was when Grand Theft Auto Five was coming out. Grand Theft Auto Five. I didn't, I didn't get it at midnight, but I did get it like, I went to EB Games, literally when it opened. It came out on a Tuesday. I didn't go to school. I got the game. Like, I was so, like, my excitement for the game was palpable. Like, I was so ready for Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, it was the first Grand Theft Auto game that I was going to be able to play because I just didn't get four. I was also probably too young for four. Um, but I was just so ready for five. And when I got it, it just... I, the before even like waiting because there was a line outside the eb games because that game was huge and this was still at a time where the at least the xbox 360 couldn't do games on release for download um the playstation 3 i believe could but the xbox 360 still wasn't capable of that um and so I just, I was so excited. I was watching, there was a launch trailer that, um, and the, the character trailers, I was watching them over and over again in line on my phone. I was just, I was so excited. And when I got it, I immediately, like, I got to Trevor the same day, which I believe is like, that's a good, like, 10 hours uh, into the game uh, by the time that you get to him. And so that's probably, like, the time that, because I'm always, like, excited for the next game. But this was, like, different and it was like the only time that i've had like a real experience like that because unfortunately a lot of the a lot of i've just have missed my opportunity yep. to do a lot of midnight launches and it's kind of a dead thing now that that's what i was kind of going to get into is do we feel like this is a lost art in a sense right yeah. like this is this is not a thing that happens anymore i never really did the midnight launch thing like i said the closest i got was that we Every other console I've gotten on launch day since then, which is the PS4 and the Switch, but the PS4, I walked into Best Buy with my pre-order and picked up a box behind the customer service counter at like two in the afternoon after school. And the Switch, I sat by my window at my parent while I was still living with my parents, just ignoring work and hopefully no one from work is watching, ignoring work and just looking out the window all day waiting for Canada Post to deliver that Amazon box. So... Yeah. It's not as it's not as so, it's not a community event anymore, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, like AJ, when you were talking about the Halo Two and Halo Three mm -hmm. um, launches, those were like cultural phenomenons. They, when were, they were amazing. Happening. Yeah, yeah, like seeing footage of like the New York City launch of Halo Three and Bill Gates being like he him giving the first copy. I don't know if it was New mm -hmm. York City, but there was like the him giving the first copy of Halo Three to the first person in line. Like you're never gonna get an experience like that again. Or it's just never going to have the same impact. And I feel like it is just, though the digital has made everything more convenient, I feel like it is just a, way, a missed opportunity. Because, like, just Halo 3 was kind of like, it was on top of the world. And it was just such a cool thing 
unfortunately i'm kind of looking at it like i'm looking at it like uh from it like just from an outsider perspective but it just seemed like it was just so, the coolest thing that could have been happening at that time yeah abs- absolutely like few few things compare to like those kind of like did you did you play pokemon go at launch when that happened 2016 yes. yeah now that was so a hype that, moment that was a mm-hmm. hype moment for sure like it, it con like game launches like back in the day were were almost equally hyped in in that it's all anybody was talking about um yeah it, it's phenomenal yeah, I remember with Pokemon Go just to get a little. I mean, it's kind of it's a similar thing. Of it wasn't available in Canada right away, and so people mm-hmm. had like a lot of um, they had a lot of workarounds to get it. Whether they had like a oh, US yeah. um, a US iTunes account, um, that's what I did as well. And you could tell the people who were playing it as well. It was Pokemon Go was something special, and it made the horrible <clears throat> Hellfire of 2016 an actual decent. Yeah, game. I think we'll get into and, talking about video game phenomena at some point, and that. That's definitely one yeah. that comes up. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gyrating. Nathan, you're yeah. just um, dancing. I was there. gonna say you're just so hanging out. Grooving. My last midnight launch was GTA five. Is is it that bad? Is my voice that bad right now? It like I, we can we can I can understand you at least. That was seven, seven years, years ago. That was my last midnight yeah. launch. That hurt my I've, ears. I've uh, pretty much been digital since the Vita, so it's been a while. But in the chat, I believe it was Marnicky who said, "What's your biggest disappoint midnight disappointment?" And I've brought some props. This is my. <laughs> no, I think I think it was actually on, on air with Jer oh, that sorry, brought on that air up. With Jer. Or, or, my apologies. Uh, yeah, on air with Jer. Yeah. So this is the hardcover guide up? for Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I was super excited about. I wow. picked it up at midnight. I couldn't wait to play it. I did not enjoy Final Fantasy Twelve. It looked like they were fixing the issues, and they created a whole bunch of brand new issues. Huh. I. I've got two it's, copies of the Hyrule Historia so. in a similar vein. I was a little disappointed with the, the Historia mm-hmm. itself when when that came out, but... I, uh, I just wanted to say, the next few episodes of the show are going to be interesting because I'm getting very close to completing the Platinum for Final Fantasy XIII, and my preliminary thought us right now are that i think final fantasy 13 if anything is slightly hmm. underrated i'd like to discuss that more hmm. uh but well like i said i have not completed all the challenges yet in the game we will have a full so, discussion on my that other later. memorable midnight launch and this was not a disappointment was god of war 3 and i got this special edition oh. pandora's box Oh, okay. Um, I waited in line with that. Um, nice. I think the Final Fantasy one was more hype because the people at EB were dressed up as Final Fantasy characters. One of them dressed up as Riku. Um, but uh, God of War 3, that provided. That's a great game. So anyways, those are my midnight hypes. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation 5, first day. we got to figure that out. Hell yeah, I'm going to do it too. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, if we want to, like, we're, we're, it seems like we're all moving away from the midnight launch. If we want to organize a midnight launch meetup at a specific store on a specific day, <laughs> oh man, I will put those pre-orders in yeah. for us. I'm fine if we all want, if we all say we're doing the EB Games Young and Dundas or something. I'm, I'm down. 
That all depends on how the state of the world is when come November. Yeah, we might not be able to yeah. gather by November. That's a good call. Yeah, it might it might be an Amazon thing. Maybe we can do a mass unboxing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. uh, like a live Twitch unboxing together. Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, not Amazon. I've had issues with Amazon pre-orders for the last few months. I've a, I've totally abandoned Amazon in terms of physical pre-orders. For me, it's Walmart, Best Buy, or Bust. And by Bust, I mean okay. I go digital. And with the world on fire yeah, right Walmart- now, I'm going digital for almost everything. Walmart was actually pretty good about... I had ordered Final Fantasy VII Remake and actually got it a day early from Walmart. So I'm pretty I'm pretty good with, with them. That was my only time have, having ordered from them so far, but I think that's a very good spot to to move to but um i guess kind of getting back to the the main sort of conversation i just wanted to bring up one sort of more point about Go for my dis- my general disappointment with how the midnight launch and even like the the day one launch of games are if you're a physical collector pleb like me um so another Rockstar game, Red Dead Redemption 2, was another one of those games that my excitement was palpable and I was so excited about it and I when I got the game, I got it like as soon as EB Games was open. They opened up uh I believe I can't remember if it was an hour early or half an hour early, but either way, they just like they opened the ga- they opened the store up early specifically for Red Dead Redemption 2 cuz it was a big hype moment mm-hmm. and as soon as I got the game, I got the special edition, I brought it home, I opened it up put the first disc in my PS4 and had to wait about two hours for it to install. And that's kind of another big thing of like, if you're, if you are, yeah. So it's like the, the whole like idea of midnight launches, even if you are getting the physical copies and even if EB games is still doing midnight launches, there's almost no point because you're going to have to download a giant ass patch because that's just the way that games are developed now that again it's just another one of those it's one of the another nail in the coffin of midnight launches that just if only if only there were a platform available to us where you could just start the game no need for patches. If only okay, but, but the some problem, company were thinking. We're of, not talking about the shortcomings of Stadia tonight. God damn it! That also <laughs> that also wouldn't have mattered if uh-huh. I had downloaded the game on my PS4 mm-hmm. and when it unlocked. Like this is just a purely physical media problem. So Stadia wouldn't be the fix in either regard. And also, I want to play my games when they actually come out, not two years after. I, I yeah. kind of hope we. That's can, a fair point. I kind of hope we can get to a point where, for physic or for game launches, companies will realize, oh, you can't play our game until you download a 150 gigabyte patch and install the disc. Here, we'll send out the disc in a, a week early, but it'll lock behind the same time gate the digital does. Why not? Yeah, that. Why not? Why not? But yeah, because. <sighs> You haven't spoken very much. I have not, unfortunately. I, I, I will say, you know, all of the technical difficulties that we've had over the past few hours have kind of thrown me for a loop, left me a bit winded. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but nonetheless, I have a little bit to talk about with regards to the subject at hand. Um, so here's the thing. I've not really been to a lot of midnight launch parties or launch parties in general. The only launch party that really sticks out to me that I've been to is I was at a launch party in, I think it was 2016 or 2015 that was organized for the release of one of the latter 3DS Pokemon games. So it must have been, I'm assuming it must have been Sun and Moon 2, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, either that or Sword and Shield. In any case, 
Uh, I was at a party that was organized by a group at the university I was attending at the time. And it was pretty great because uh, some of them worked at the local EB Games and basically uh, they were able to get a lot of like codes that normally EB Games gives out sparingly that allow you to get like rare and exclusive and in some cases mm-hmm. shiny Pokemon. So by the end of the night, I remember walking out with like five codes that get me like a legendary shiny Pokemon that normally is impossible to get otherwise. Um, I would say though, like in terms of just like general uh, like in games I was really hyped for ahead of launch, no other game I think in the history of the medium has come as close as a little game called Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that game, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the competitive Smash community have mixed feelings on it, but that game, to this day, will remain the single most hyped game uh, I have ever had the chance to experience in my life. The daily blog, Super Smash Bros. Dojo, that, you know, mm-hmm. updated every weekday with some sort of new piece of artwork or a piece of information or final smash or anything at all about the game was such a delight to experience did, and did anyone else here stay up until the site updated in japan time just to see what that day's update was i did that almost did, every weekend when that game I, was coming out that i didn't quite do that but i just remember being so hyped that they got snake and sonic and it was like I, w- I was so pumped for that yeah this game was truly something special and funnily enough when i actually played it for the very first time like a day after it finally released here in north america i actually remember kind of sitting there and being like oh okay like reality and expectations kind of settled in and i'm like hmm i kind of feel like expectations sort of got ahead of me in a weird way and then weirdly enough after that like my opinion of the game tremendously improved and i came to really really love it so hmm. uh, before you... I, I don't know if there's a lesson to be learned there other than i guess just be mindful of your expectations i i do want to say one thing before we get on to anyone else's stories and that cozy you brought up pokemon and i have a really good pokemon launch story as well so back on the ds nintendo would launch a lot of their first party games on saturdays for some weird reason i don't know why but they did and when Pokemon X and Y released, I was working a weekend job while going through university. So I was working from eight to four, I think it was, or something like that. So my buddy and I that I was working with camped out at a Walmart at like 6 a.m. just to be able to get this game before we went to work. We were able to get there. There weren't, there was no one there before us, obviously, because we're crazy people. <laughs> um And then there was just this mad dash to the electronics section when they actually opened the doors and none of the employees understood why until we got there and wanted Pokemon. Uh, We were were thankfully able to get it, but the mad dash was not great because, you know, I'm not the slenderest or most athletic individual. You're like like the X-Men juggernaut though, right? Once you get me going, I ain't stopping if it comes to Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and that was a game that I was so looking forward to. The The news cycle around X and Y had me so hyped for that game. I knew going into it, like, I'm one who goes into Pokemon games and knows literally everything before I even open it up. I'm bad about spoilers <laughs> for Pokemon games. So I knew in X and Y, if you got to a point just before the first gym, you'd get a choice of one of the Kanto starters uh, on top of right. your starter in that game. 
my friend and I, once we got our work done, it's, it was a maintenance job. So essentially you'd come in, you'd have some daily tasks, then you'd have time to kill unless there was a flood or something was on fire or someone shit in an elevator. Um, <laughs> it never got that. Oh, that, sounds like a, okay. that sounds like a personal experience. It never got that. Yeah, no, no, that was, that was just me talking off the cuff. I do, however, remember it was New Year's Day and I was tasked with cleaning one of the parking lobbies at this condo and mm -hmm. I go down there to mop up and there was just a ridiculous amount of vomit in a pile in the corner of this lobby and I don't know why or how a single person could humanly vomit this much it was literally like the size of a manhole cover the amount of vomit it was nice. like piled up it was weird it was like four or five people just gathered in one spot and all projectile <laughs> vomited at the same time into the same place disgusting wow. I'll get back to my Pokemon story. So we got to work with this game. We got our tasks done and I knew we could end up with both having all six available starters. So the three, oh crap. What the heck was the region? Uh, Kalos. Kalos. Thank you, Cozy. The three Kalos starters, Fennekin, Chespin, and, or yeah. Ch eh. Poplio. And uh, no. Pop no, Froakie. that was seven. Froakie. Froakie, there we go. Yeah. As well as Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, the three Kanto starters. So by the time that day finished, we just sat there restarting the game over and over again, trading all all the Pokemon into one game, restarting the other one, trading them all back, so we could end up with all six of these starters that are available before the first gym. And I just wiped through that entire game with those six Pokemon in my party, and it was phenomenal. And I will never forget that day, that launch of Pokemon X and Y, and playing it at work when I should have been working, or at least mm -hmm. studying. Uh, I actually, you, I, I'm just reminded of a, uh, when, when I got Pokemon X, um, I, I didn't go into it with, the the spoilers that you went into it with. And so the Kanto starters were a huge surprise for me. And like, that was like a very big mid game hype moment for me, for sure. I actually have a, I actually have a story about, uh, a Pokemon game though. My it. experience... Yeah, so Pokemon Platinum, when that had come out, it was, it came out after um, I had a DS and I played through both Diamond and Pearl before I knew that they were kind of the same game. Uh, this, I also didn't really know that Pokemon Platinum was going to be the same game, but I was still excited for a new Pokemon. Um, and this was actually the first game that I bought with my own money um, when it came out. Uh, it was, um, I don't even remember what year, I think it was 2007? Maybe, I think, I don't remember. It might have been 2008. Th platinum. It might have been 2008. I'll, I'll check it for you. You yeah. can keep going. I think, I think Diamond and Pearl came out in seven. So, um, so Platinum, I think, came out in 2008. And it was $40 Canadian. So it was actually, like, affordable for me. September 13th, 2008. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, uh, apparently Monarchy is saying that it released in March 2009. Yeah. Oh, that's sorry. I was looking at the Japanese release date. September 13th, 2008 in Japan. Oh. March 22nd, okay, 2009 in North America. May 14th, 2009 okay. in Australia. And May 22nd, 2009 in Europe. Okay. Uh, regardless, um, so it was actually, it was $40. It was very affordable for me, um, being, uh, what, 10? Um <laughs> And so wow. I just, I remember, I remember wow. that I just, yeah, I know. Why? I just, I like saying, I like saying just how old I am because I know it makes like 
I know it makes at least Mitch and Nathan for our audio I'm not, listeners. I'm not, Nathan is flipping me off. I'm not too upset. I was in the just, I was in the eleventh grade when that game came out. Yeah, I was still in high just, school. It's funny. At least. It's funny to hear you guys recoil in fear. Oh my god! Um, no, hitting because... hitting thirty in a couple years is what's going to have me recoil. Yeah, uh, thirty ain't too I'll bad. Be, I'll be I'll be sure to continuously remind you how young I am. Um, regardless, I remember getting dropped off at the at the EB Games, uh, and because it was a Pokemon game, I was able to go pick up the game myself. Uh, there was also. There's a, I don't know, I have no idea if this store is anywhere else in the world, but in, at least in Toronto, there's this frozen food store called M&M's Meat Shop. Oh, they're um, all over the country. I think yes. it's, I think it's Canadian. Okay, I wasn't, Carmen. Okay, I wasn't Carmen. sure. Or is um, M&M's just Canadian? M&M's? Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, they're American. Okay. It's American too? Marty's. No, no, the food store, not the candy. Oh, it's just, it's just Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. You heard it from Carmen. Okay. Either way, they sell like frozen, frozen foods um, that you can get. Really good but frozen food, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really high quality for what it for what it is. Uh, regardless, though, there's one directly by the EB Games right by my house, and every like four or five months, uh, especially like dur- uh, during like warmer seasons, they do like barbecues, uh, where they just like kind of they sell like burgers for like a couple of bucks each and they have like this really nice like mixed drink that are like this powder drink that they do and it's kind of it's a fundraiser event that they do and they were doing it on the day pokemon platinum released and so i specifically remember like tying it to that and getting like getting a really nice burger at the same time and it was just overall it was it's i remember more about the experience of getting pokemon platinum than actually playing it is that a thing about ev games being near m&ms because i talked earlier about the zellers at shoppers world uh, that I got my Wii from. In that same plaza is an EB Games that is literally like two doors down from an M&M's meat shop. Is that a oh, thing? Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a thing, but I remember I used to go to a micro play that was two doors down from a M&M meat shop. Weird. I don't know if you guys remember micro play. That yeah, was a... I don't think so. I yeah, we, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. Remember mm-hmm. when I talked yeah. about the older guy? Oh, yes, yes, I remember. Right. Uh, I just want to say before we wrap things up, uh, as an essential service providing food for Canadians, M&M Food Market is still currently keeping its stores open. So a shout out to everybody who's currently working at M&M Food Market. Yeah. Yes. And and to all the essential workers out there who are still keeping everything running. Absolutely. We're thinking of you. Except Um, for the employees at Discord. Well, I mean, they got it back up and running. I guess they realized how essential this podcast is to the to lives of the people watching and listening. So, anyway, um, it sounds like we're all tapped out on hype for uh, this week. I, I mean, I got one more. I oh, got one more thing. Yeah. It's not. It's not actually. It's not about. Um, it's not about future. Or yep. it's not about current or past. It's about uh, future. Let's hear and it. And it's that it's just it's something to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier. The PlayStation yeah. Five. I'm actually really excited about it in the sense that this is going to be the first console I ever own at launch. Oh. Every single God, one, you're young. The the. It's just it's not even it's not even that. It's just I didn't own a PlayStation Four when it came out. Mm-hmm. I the closest I had was the Switch because I got it like nine months after it came out. Whenever. Um, it was it was in December, but not for Christmas. It came out it was, in March, um, yeah. 
yeah so it was about nine months after it came out and so i've just i've always owned it like a, a little bit after it's come out and so i'm really excited to actually be able to have a console at launch if there's I, so. games worth playing yeah i'm so, gonna buy it regardless so. i'm excited to hold that controller yeah. I'm excited about it regardless. Just it's going to be cool owning a console at launch. I'm excited to know more about it. Like I'm not I can't be yes. excited yet cuz I don't know what there is to be excited about. If we get to a point where we're all hyped for it, I like I said earlier, I'm totally down for coordinating at a midnight launch. Horizon I would do that. 02 will be coming out. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. No, Ratchet and Clank before Spider-Man. <laughs> sure. He said Ratchet and Clank over Spider-Man. You're wrong, but whatever. All right. Um, unless anybody else has any other last-minute hype moments? No? We're all good? All right. Yeah, I think we're all good. I think I think that's going to do it for for my first hosted episode Yay! of Press um, yeah. I hope I hope it wasn't too painful for everybody. Um, I know... We had a lot of technical hiccups uh, today, but <laughs> yeah. you know what? Uh, that that comes with me hosting things. That's what you get. So That's your punishment. Yeah, I was gonna joke and I was gonna say that like if you're watching this on Twitch, you just watch the longest episode of Press YYZ, and if you're listening on iTunes, you're listening to the shortest episode. It's true. I don't think it was the longest to be no, honest. No, I don't think We've it's the longest. It definitely isn't. The Final Fantasy no. VII. I, I meant that. Is. I meant that more metaphorically. Okay. It feels like it's been four hours, but thankfully exactly. it hasn't. It feels like it's been four hours. Cozy, cozy aged about twelve years while we recorded this show. I think I think part of that is the time of year where we're starting the podcast with the sun up, and then it's going down middle of the podcast. So everyone's coming inside using the internet. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of you hosting the show, we haven't yeah. actually talked about what we're going to do next week. Uh, I had an idea, and I just want to run it by y'all, and if we want to go with it, then I'll host this next week. 5x5, five five, sure. best licensed video games. Okay, down. That's I'm into it right. to me. All right. That's your show uh, next yeah. week. It, we're going to have to talk and define specifically what uh, a licensed video we will, game is. We will, determine, we, we will determine the criteria offline so Cozy doesn't bring nude Punch-Out again. <laughs> I mean, you could make an argument that Punch Out is kind of of a licensed game because you have AJ, Mike wrap Tyson it up, please, and please, and so AJ, Mike please wrap this so, up. Alrighty, all right. <laughs> um, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in um, to, especially if you're here live, um, and thanks for listening on the podcast services. Uh, I was your host, uh, AJ Fraser. You can find me um, all over the internet at Times Hero. Uh, I was joined tonight by Mr. Mitch George. You can find me Where everywhere. Can find you? you can find me everywhere at Mr. Mitch George. Also, you can find this show everywhere uh, at Press YYZ, Twitch, uh, Twitter. If you do drop a follow on either of those platforms, we appreciate you greatly, and you are you are the best people in the world. You are my favorite people, and I love you. And you typically run and manage those accounts, so thank you for that. Um, you guys are Alex, welcome to hop in. Like, I'm happy to give you guys yeah, responsibility. That sounds like too much I'll responsibility. I'll yeah. just post shit posts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, where can we find you? Uh, if you want to hear about all my fantasizing about a haircut that I'm not allowed to have right now, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at blatantly underscore Alex and on Instagram where I post my shit posts about what I'm working on 
in no context uh, on blatantly Alex. Dogs are allowed to go to groomers. Could you not just go to a dog groomer for a haircut? That would have to admit that I'm a furry, and I don't want. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. One. one You're not there yet. This gets bad one, enough. You have to just. You have four to, times at this point. At this point, you have to decide between coming out as a furry or just shaving your head on straight. Good luck with yeah. that. We'll find out. Nathan, where can people uh, find the you? The underscore nmac on Twitter. Uh, follow me at ps4blog.net. Please check out my review for Gorn. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, do me a favor and type that into the Twitch chat so everybody can see it uh, because that was unintelligible for uh, the Twitch viewers. Um, and Cozy, thank you so much for tr- keeping it all together tonight. How and where can people find you? Why? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Cozina, and you can also find me on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv slash live, where I will be going live in just a few minutes to play some more Apex Legends Season 5, a bit more of Telltale's Batman the Enemy Within, and God of War 2018. And uh, with that, I just want to say thank you to uh, everybody for watching live. Thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast, and most of all, Thanks for playing. Bye. Bye.